Turn your Bible to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. This is the passage that Brother Teddy read to us a little while ago. We need to remember who John was. John was one of the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He was present when Jesus raised that little girl to life. He was there at Bethany Cemetery when Lazarus came back from the dead. John is the one that leaned on the Lord's bosom at the Last Supper and said, Lord, is it I? Because he had a humble spirit. He knew he loved the Lord, but he wanted to be sure that he was not the one that would betray the Lord. John was out at Calvary. He was the only of the apostles there. And Jesus said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son, giving to John the charge of his earthly mother. And he said to John, Behold thy mother. Thus, in that exchange, the Lord taught us that no longer are we to call Mary the mother of God. He was the earthly vehicle through which God brought the incarnation. But now Mary is like the rest of us. When she died, she went to heaven because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way with us. Well, toward the end of his life, John wrote three epistles. First, second, third John. Then he wrote Revelation, perhaps earlier or maybe near the same time. He wrote the Gospel of John. So he wrote five books of the New Testament, and they are five of the most frequently read. The book of John, the Gospel of John, is the evangelistic book of the Bible, and probably more people have been won to Christ through the book of John than any other book in the Bible. And especially that key verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We sang a little while ago, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. At Christmas time, the children march into this auditorium singing, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, that must surely mean Jesus first, yourself last, others in between. That's the secret of joy. And so John is writing, and beginning in verse 4, he says, These things write we unto you for a reason that your joy may be full. And then he says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This is the message. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And then he says, 
My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I want you to notice the many places in Scripture that joy is mentioned. In Numbers 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Job 20, verse 5, the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. Job 33.26, he will see his face with joy. Job 41.22, sorrow is turned to joy. Psalm 16.11, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 51.12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Psalm 126.5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Isaiah 12.3, with joy draw water from the wells of salvation. Jeremiah 15.6, thy word was the joy of my heart. Jeremiah 31.13, they will turn their mourning into joy. Luke 15, 7, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. John 16, 24, in prayer that your joy may be full. Acts 8, 8, there was great joy in that city. James 1, 2, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now I want you to notice there's a difference between happiness and joy. Sometimes we want to be happy all the time. Well, that's impossible. When some dear one in your family dies, you can't go around saying, boy, I'm so happy about this. See, you're not happy about it. It hurts. It stings. There's a loneliness. There's some tears. But beyond that, if you're God's child, he will give joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. You see, joy comes from the inside. Happenings come from the outside. If I have enough money to pay my bills, I'm happy. A young guy can say, if that girl likes me, boy, I'm happy. She says, if that boy likes me and, and, and uh, is true to me, I'm happy. And when the reverse of that is true, you're not very happy. I've never seen a boy happy whose girl rejected him. I've never seen a home happy when some guy comes home and says, Mom, I don't love you anymore. I found somebody else. I've never seen a home very happy when the police call and say, I have your son in custody. He's in jail. There are a lot of things that don't make us happy. But in it all, the believer can have joy, real joy, wonderful joy, if Jesus is in his heart. Because we have the promise of God, God will work all these things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You just get that by faith. It doesn't even make reason. It's not sensible. You say, well, that's impossible. How in the world can you be joy-filled when the world falls apart? My cousin died in the Battle of the Bulge 
in Germany or near Luxembourg. I was with my Aunt Hallie. She's been in our service years ago. She's in heaven now. But I was with her. She was a radiant Christian. Her daughter had died some years before. And now her son, Buddy, he had finished Ohio State University and in six weeks was, was taken to the war. He went to that area of the battle without sufficient training. He was in that awful, awful time when America and Germany were engaged in a terrible battle, the Battle of the Bulge. And when she received news, Buddy isn't coming home. There were tears, but there was no hysteria. She said, Buddy knew Jesus, and he's with the Lord. One day I'll see him again because I know Jesus too. She lived on and on, a radiant Christian serving God. You couldn't say she was happy, but there was a joy. A joy that could not be described. And I want to tell you, that same joy is available to every one of us. Every one of us can have joy, real joy, wonderful joy. But there are some substitutes for joy that people substitute and put in their lives. Number one, the world with its allurements. In uh, one of the great classics of all times, Mr. Christian is sidetracked in Vanity Fair. And Vanity Fair, with all of its circus and all of its noise and all of its excitement, got him allured for a little while until Evangel called him back into the path toward the great city. The thrill for the moment. Beer and liquor give you a little thrill. Somebody told me they drink it because it helps them forget their problems. But when they wake up from it, they have more problems. Just a thrill for a little while. Drugs. Some take uppers to get them up, downers to get them down. And they take, I understand that people smoke marijuana because it gives you a little lift. Makes you feel better about yourself and everybody else. And sometimes you do things under its influence that you wouldn't do any other time. And then you wake up realizing that there wasn't any joy to it at all. And the happiness that it brought for a few minutes was a counterfeit happiness. Sexual delight. God has given us the wonderful, wonderful privilege of sex. It's a marvelous, wonderful fulfillment. It isn't dirty. It isn't filthy. It's beautiful. And God arranged for it to give you the excitement and time of your life. But when it's misused, when you have sex outside of marriage, there is a thrill for a little while and then the awful headache.
and the awful heartache. And you wonder if anybody knew. And if you have any kind of spiritual sensitivity about you, it hurts you. And you hardly want to show your face in public because of the hurt that it causes. Happiness, maybe for a few minutes. Joy, no joy at all. It saps your energy and takes away your spiritual power. And it lays your honor in the dust. A substitute for joy. And then popularity with the crowd. You know, it's hard to stand alone in our world. It's really hard. Some of you are going to school at, at high school or Western, and, uh, and you're going to be surrounded by people that tell dirty jokes, that are filthy in their mind, that are filthy in their outlook, and they'll try to get you in a fraternity or a sorority, and those are just drunken places. Boy, some of you won't like me at all for saying that, will you? That's what it is. And, and do you know? You'll, you'll have some happiness in it for a little while when everybody's saying, he's a jolly good feller, and he's... And then after a while, there's no more happiness to it, and the joy is gone because it hurts. It's hard to stand alone, but I won't tell you, when you stand alone, there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. God will give it to you. And then, there are a lot of feelings of excitement popularity with the crowd. When everybody speaks well of you, boy, that swells you up. You'll like it. Somebody said, as long as you have money, you have friends. And the money's gone. Your friends are gone because they were fair-weather friends. Ever known what that meant? Fair-weather friends? Then worldly success sometimes brings you some happiness. It sounds like it's really a joy I think of the man in the Bible who had large crops and he tore the barns down and said, I'm going to build bigger barns because I got so much coming in. And then he heard the voice of God saying, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then shall all these things be. Happiness for a little while, but no joy. The joy was gone. Great accomplishments. The ball player that makes the touchdown. The golf expert who is acclaimed the greatest in his field. We just heard of one in the papers and on the radio. He's really somebody. But I want to tell you, fame is fleeting as the wind and glory fades away. All that happiness fades away. Great power brings some apparent happiness. Caesar was filled with happiness. I am monarch of all I survey. My right there is none to dispute. From the fountain all around to the sea, I am lord of the fowl and the brute. I can handle this job all by myself. Until he stood on the steps of the great arena down near Caesarea by the sea and gave an oration and failed to give God the glory. And he fell down and worms ate him. No happiness. No joy. Where is Nero? Nero was a man of his own. He ran Rome. They say that he burned Rome down and then blamed it on the Christians just because he was in charge of everything. Where is Nero today? Where is Joseph Stalin? Joseph Stalin 
was one of the most wicked men that ever walked the earth. He had millions of his own people murdered. He was atrocious to the Germans after that conquering thing. Stalin, where is he today? Well, for a while they had him in a glass casket and thousands went by and looked on his face. And then the tide of popular opinion turned and what happened to Stalin? They buried him. They took all of his statues down. His glory is gone. No joy. No happiness. Adolf Hitler ran on a Christian ticket in 1933 to win the acclaim of Germany. He had his picture made in front of a church and the Germans voted him in as their chancellor, their Führer. And then they became aware of what a madman he really was, causing that great nation of Germany with all of its prowess, with all of its intellectualism, with all of its scientific uh, uh, power, Germany went down, down, down as the troops marched and marched and marched against Berlin. And what happened to that glorious Adolf Hitler? He went into his bunk and he and Eva committed suicide. Happiness? Joy? No joy, no happiness. So you see, glory, power, all these thrills do not really bring joy at all. When Mussolini died, they dragged him through the streets of Rome. Now there are some realities in joy. I think of the mother who holds her little baby, this precious little Maddie. Do you know her mother and daddy were at church regularly? I think they were at church the night before that baby was born. And the next church service we had, they were back at church again. Matter of fact, <coughs> her daddy was here the night the child was born. <coughs> and the pride and joy they feel. And today, as Michelle holds that little precious baby in her arms, there's a joy. It's a real joy, not just a happiness, but a joy that she has brought into the world somebody that can be a somebody for God. I think of <coughs> the daddy who works hard and brings home the food and pays the bills, keeps a shelter for the family. There's a joy there. The joy of the soul winner telling others about Christ. I think of Raymond Pruitt who told Oren Duke over and over again about his love for Christ. And one day Oren Duke walked down this aisle giving his heart to Christ and Raymond Pruitt rejoiced. There was joy. There still is joy. Both of them are over in heaven now. I think of Teddy Phillips praying for his daddy. Prayed for five years. Invited his daddy to church last Sunday morning. And Sunday night, that daddy walked down the aisle giving his life to God. There's joy. Unadulterated joy. I think of Lee Kennedy and seeing this church went others to Christ. Forty-five years he's been here. He's seen all the work grow forward. Gave his heart to Christ. I think of Brother Johnny and the bus pastors who see a bus filled with precious people coming to Jesus. 
I think of Brother Stephen Stussy when he goes out and brings his bus people in and several of them get saved. And there are two here today that are faithful in all things because Steve brought them on the bus. I think of Mr. and Ms. Buchanan. Their son Mike grew up in our church. And I think the joy they must feel as their son now serves as judge executive of Warren County. There's a joy there, full of glory. That's not just a passing happiness. There's joy, wonderful joy. Now, I want to tell you there's a formula for joy and then I'll be through. <clears throat> joy doesn't just happen. <coughs> happiness happens. It depends on happenings. Happenings. But joy is much deeper. The fullness of joy is promised by the Lord. And in John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, he speaks of a personal experience with, with Jesus. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show you unto that, that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you may have fellowship with us. John says, I experienced him. I know him personally. Do you know him personally? When you receive Jesus personally, he gives joy, fullness of joy. And here's the reason. <clears throat> this is the message we've heard, we've heard him, that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son keeps on cleansing us from all sin. You see, the formula for joy is walking in the light that God sheds. There's no darkness there. Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. They do all kinds of things under the shadow of darkness. They wouldn't do in the light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and we're aware of the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from all sin. And then in 1 John 1, 9, he says, tells us what to do with our sin. I don't know anybody that's filled with joy when you sin. Sin robs you of joy. But listen, if we confess our sin, that word confess means to agree with God on, See, I can't talk while you're talking, okay? If your talking is more important, I'll ask you to stand and tell us what you're talking about. Okay? You want to do that? Okay, then listen to me. Okay, good. This scripture says, if we confess our sin, that means agree with God on our sins. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to do two things. Number one, he forgives us. And then he cleans us up. Isn't that good? He forgives us and he cleans us up. Who do we confess our sins to? To him and to the ones we've wronged and to ourself. A lot of people have a hard time acknowledging that they've sinned to themselves. When once you're aware that your sin has been committed and you're aware of it and you feel guilty over it, then pick a beeline for the cross and Christ will forgive you. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then he says, listen, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. That's the idealism of the faith. God didn't want us to sin. But he says, if you sin, we have an advocate, a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Where does joy come from? When I walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You want joy? Real joy, wonderful joy? Throw the doors of your heart open to Jesus. He'll come in. He'll cleanse you and forgive you and save you. He'll give you a new joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's much better than happiness. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that the fullness of joy comes from just one source, Jesus. We pray that we'll recognize today that without him we could be nothing. We could do nothing. We could have nothing. But with Jesus, we have all that we need. Dear Father, touch those who are without Christ and draw them to Christ. And may this be a day of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. What page number? 154, Jesus is calling, Jesus is calling you home. Now, brother, brother, could we change that to without him? Without, uh, number 468, I believe it is. 468, without him, I could do nothing. Now listen, without him, you can't have life. You can't have forgiveness. You can't have cleansing. You can't have joy. But with Jesus, all these things are available through him. They're all available but you have to open your heart to him and let him come in. Now, there's some here today who have been saved and you need to follow the Lord in baptism. You need to come forward today and say, I'm ready to be baptized either this morning or tonight. And there's some who need a recommitment of your life to Christ. There's some who have never been saved. Would you step out and trust Christ as your savior today? God help you to do it while we sing, while we pray, will you come?